Hey guys, welcome back to Legendary. Jonathan, it's great to see your face. Uh, I am so excited. This is a podcast long time. Oh, your face is disappearing. Bring it back up. Oh, I'm sorry. There, I feel better now. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. If only they could see the video chat, they would get a whole nother side of the story. Uh, a whole nother level. Maybe we'll do one of those in the future, but it might scare some people. <laughs> uh, but this podcast has been a long time in the making. We have a special guest today that we were supposed to have on the podcast. I think it was January or February when we were yeah, in we Indonesia were, together. Yeah, I think it was uh, February. February? February, yeah. Anyway. And yeah, many of you will know him by name. It's, it's Pastor Rod Loy, pastor of First North Little Rock uh, Assembly. And he is a he is a he an avid writer. He, he's a pastor of his church with several other campuses. Uh, there's a podcast that I'm going to mention several times in here, and I encourage everyone. It's the I Lead podcast. It's it's twelve parts. You need to listen to it. It's epic. You lead, uh, but I lead, not you, Jonathan. I, yeah, yeah. I you lead. lead. I got it. No, no, no. I lead. Yeah, no. yeah. I anyway, know. That's ignore, what I said. ignore Jonathan. And if you could see his face right now, it would be easier to ignore him. So I think I'm <laughs> on a roll. Here oh, no. in Little Rock. Oh, man. Do you think that they play oh, that every Sunday at their church? No. no you don't think so? All. I've never even... I Jonathan, would. I've never even heard that song. I, I would... I, well, you grew I up on a mission field, but every missionary out there who didn't grow up uh, in Japan probably knows that song. And if I were worshiping Listen, at the if church... Listen, I challenge you, if you're listening to this and you know that whatever song Jonathan just tried to throw out there, send both of us a message right now and say, I know that song. If five people, Jonathan, listen, if five people send a message saying they know that song and they're not lying, then... I just got five texts right now no, from guys that said they know that song. It's made up. It's made up. We're not, we're not live. We're cutting into valuable time. I'm just yeah, saying if I were, were worship leader at their, pa- at their church, I would sing that song every Sunday. <laughs> every Sunday. Because I think I think you got to sing it. I think it's a I think it's their theme song. Anyway, it's fine. The You Lead podcast. Anyway, the I Lead podcast. But I'm so excited. We've got Rod Loy with us here today, and this is gonna be. We are excited. This is gonna be a great podcast, guys. Listen up. Yeah, guys, enjoy this episode of the legendary podcast with Pastor Rod Loy. That's true, but we we have uh, some layers of protection there. So, yeah, <laughs> Pastor Rod, what's it been like for you guys as a church to navigate this sort of new uh, era of ministry in in COVID? Yeah, this is the most difficult time I think in history to, to mm-hmm. be a pastor. the The pressures, all the all the different guidance and all the disagreements and arguments you know we we were closed for nine weeks we reopened may 16th so we've had 24 weeks open and our high that we've gotten to was 53 percent of pre-covid attendance we have 13 campuses and so they're all over the map in terms of people coming back what I've noticed is the more urban the church, the lower their percentage, the more rural, the higher the percentage, the larger the church, the lower their percentage, and smaller churches have higher percentages. So I'm really seeing uh, this as an opportunity for there to be a resurgence in small churches, which some of God in America is by and large small churches. So all of a sudden, people don't want to go to a building with 2,000 people and feel much more comfortable in a building with a hundred people. Uh, for me, mm. I had a breakthrough two weeks ago today. I, I walked in our sanctuary by myself, looking at all the seats. We're now, we're socially distanced in this room that seats a lot of people, you know, it seats maybe 40% of that. And walking in the sanctuary, I said out loud, they're not coming back and just grief over all the people that are gone 
And then I'm not saying the Lord told me because I didn't hear his voice audibly. Uh, if I ever do, I'm going to record it because that would be way cool. Um, yeah, if you could get that on the podcast, we'd yes, love please. that. If yes, you please. In- invite him on. Yeah, that that would be amazing. But I just, <laughs> I just, I said it again, and now I believe the Lord was telling me, okay, they're not coming back. And it's time to quit grieving those who are gone. I've grieved for six months. And it's time now to focus on those who need Jesus and to, to reach new people. We have the empty mm. seats. And Jesus makes it clear that every empty seat is an opportunity. The parable of the banquet is a beautiful example of that. And so we're going to go out, reach, and win new people. And it's forced a change in paradigm that I think is going to be good for us. Instead of come and see, it's go and share. That's awesome. And so we have to go out in our community because our community is not coming into us. Praise God. Praise God. And that is that is awesome to hear. What I love about uh, everything that you've been talking about COVID is I see that you and your team are embracing the challenge, embracing the discomfort uh, of the opportunity. And I've always seen that in the, the limited exposure that I've had with your team and your leadership. I've seen that you've always looked for opportunities and you've always pushed forward. And this kind of t- brings things full circle to our conversation today. This podcast, Pastor, as you're aware, was supposed to happen Several months ago, we were the three of us were supposed to connect in in Indonesia, uh, but due to unforeseen events and all kinds of things happening in our world, that trip didn't happen. And uh, I, today, I'm excited to get some. We've already heard some leadership mindset: how you're approaching these challenges, how you're approaching um, these things from your team, and moving ahead. And that that's awesome to hear how you're engaging with those missionaries and preparing them for that. What's some things that you could share with our guys today? Now, we're, we've our, our listener audience, we've got guys that are planning churches. We've got guys that are um, teaching English and using that as ministry. We've got guys that are uh, uh, out breaching the unreached and trekking and building relationships. We've got guys on all spectrum of things, even some guys that probably would say, I'm not necessarily in a leadership position, uh, you know, the, by specific role, but what would you say to encourage these guys? Or what are some of the things that you would give us as pointers? What, what I'm saying is we, we just want to hear. We want to learn. We want to grow. Well, I, I'm an optimist. I, I don't believe anything catches the Lord by surprise. You know, so for instance, last, it would have been about April of last year, we started planning our sermon series for 2020. 2020 and we had a, you know, we had a, a grouping and what we're going to preach. And we had one six to eight week series on the promises of God. And I really felt the Lord impressing me that we should do the entire year on the promises of God. And so I came back, the team said, I know this sounds crazy, but we're going to take one year and we're going to memorize and learn a promise every week for 52 weeks. And so when we hit COVID, we hit all this stuff. We didn't have to change from what had already been written. It had been written months before, but it was exactly what we needed and where we were at. So the Lord knew in advance what was needed. There's a tension among leaders uh, about the tension between planning and suddenness. And in the Assemblies of God, because we're Pentecostal, we have come to value a sudden word, and consider that more inspired if it's sudden, it's in the moment. Well, I believe mm-hmm. God is involved in the process, and God knows what's happening six months from now. So if I'm tuned into the Lord, I shouldn't need a sudden word because He already knows and He's already planned. It's just a matter then of me being obedient and going with His plan. I think he's involved in the planning and preparation process. And so there, there are some guys who are wonderful off-the-cuff speakers. Um, you know, you really don't want me unscripted. Because when I'm unscripted, I mean, it's hilarious. I think people love to listen to unscripted, but it's dangerous. I mean, it's, it's not my team just cringes because who knows what I'm going to say. So the Lord the Lord and the Holy Spirit is active in every part of the process. Um, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'm an introvert. 
that that's the core of what I am. I'm uncomfortable in crowds, parties are not something I enjoy. So as an introvert, it would be very easy for me to just cocoon and disappear in this crisis mm. and just stay online and never come out of online. Uh, but I, I'm encouraged that the Lord can use introverts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Brant Hansen wrote a book, Blessed Are the Misfits. It's a powerful book. And he, t- he talks about introverts and how they're wired. I learned more about myself reading it. If you're an extrovert, you should read it just to understand more about the introverts in your life and working with them. (laughs) I guess I say all that to say, there's not one right style of leader. There's not one right personality of leader. There's not one way that it has to be done. The Lord can work in and through all our all our different styles. I, the, in today's world, where you can Google, where you can watch online, comparison is is a plague among us, and yeah. we compare ourselves to the strengths of others, and we get horribly depressed and feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. If you compare yourself to the weaknesses of others, pride creeps in. It's so right. measuring myself is this. Um, what what does it mean to be faithful in this moment? Mm. In, in each That's moment God has given me, in this moment, in this slice of time, right now on a Friday night, talking to you guys when I have yeah. family in town and they're all over at my house gathering and I'm sitting in my office. Um, what does it mean to be faithful right now in this moment? And, yeah. and, and that's, to me, then it's just in every moment asking myself, what does it mean to be faithful in this moment? That's and then good. can I do that? So if you meet that's with good. me and, and maybe I'm not particularly excited about it, if you saw my notes, the top of my notes, there's four letters, F-I-T-M. And I'm just reminding myself, I'm going to be faithful in this moment. Wow. I was listening to uh, one of your podcasts this week from iLead, uh, the iLead series that you did a few years ago, and um, you had a podcast on there about dealing with the unexpected, and one of the quotes that you, that you mentioned in there, you said, how you react to the unexpected reveals your level of trust in God, uh, and as you were talking about God being in the preparation, God being in the planning, how did those two things intersect? Because I think, I think there's some th- people that would say, uh, you know, their reaction is that sudden moment. Their reaction is that sudden inspiration, uh, you know, when when fear creeps in or when the unexpected creeps in, their response. But how do, how do you, how do those two come together? Well, the Lord always has the right to interrupt. But the more prepared I am, the more open my heart and spirit is to divine interruptions. So, so my level of preparation means I'm not mentally scrambling. On mm. I'm not scrambling today for what I'm preaching on Sunday. My heart, my mm. spirit, my mind is at rest because it was written 10 weeks ago. And wow. so I go into this Sunday settled in my spirit, not anxious about what I'm going to preach. And so because of that, I, I feel like when I'm more planned and and settled, I'm more open to the Lord's interruptions. Hmm. Where if I'm, see, there's a difference between I'm counting on the Lord to give me a sudden word and the Lord has the right to interrupt. And the Lord has the right to interrupt my agenda. The Lord has a right to interrupt my day. The Lord has a right to interrupt my service. And so often, if you listen to me all four services on a weekend, you will hear four different things. You'll hear four different responses because that's what I sensed in that moment with the, that crowd, but it's all in the same skin. Mm. It's it's all in the same parameters. We're all in the same journey. I, I think the unexpected, the more you, my mentor, J. Don George, was an amazing guy and his funeral was yesterday. And so I was I was at his funeral yesterday, great man of God. 
One thing he taught me, he taught me make sure everything you can control in your environment, in, in your environment is controlled. The pulpit's wow. in the same place. Your, your glass of water's always at the exact same spot. The, the lamp is on. Everything in your environment that you can have comfortable and familiar and the same is to your advantage because then you don't have to think about that. And the less you have to think about variables, the more you can hear the voice of the Lord. Wow. Wow. I, I want to unpack some of what you said right there, because yeah. um, you, you in this uh, instance, we're talking about preparation versus uh, acting in a moment, right? And responding to the situation. And then earlier you mentioned this tension, I think, that we feel as leaders, and there's a kind of symbiotic relationship to me there because uh, our preparation or lack thereof sometimes plays into the tension that we feel as a leader, right? And how much do you think as a leader that you found over the years of experience that you have had? Because I, I can imagine that your level of preparation is different today than when you started out. So uh, how much do you, would you say to to uh, our, our budding leaders or our, our sort of leaders that have even a lot of experience, what would you say as far as the, the proportion of, of tension or anxiety that you feel over uh, pressures or situations or things that you've got to do? How much of that is, uh, is just coming natural from the situation and how much of it is coming from a lack of potential preparation on their part to prepare for a moment that was going to be unexpected. Have you, how, how have you found that to be in your ministry? That's probably either, or it's not either, or it's both. <laughs> yeah. And, um, right. Sure. So, so this week I'm working on my message for December 27th. Wow. My mentor, my ministry hero died. Hmm. And so I, I spent two days. And my family and I drove to the funeral. I spent time with family. I spent time with friends. I spent time at the funeral. We drove back. Because, because I'm already prepared for the next, I'm prepared for Sunday. I'm prepared for next week. I'm prepared for the next eight. Even though I lost preparation time this week, I'm not stressed or anxious about it. Because I've got time to make that up between now and December 27th. If, right. if I had been writing Sunday's message this week, I'd be in deep trouble. Because yeah. I lost those two days. And then I spent this afternoon doing a Zoom call with the district. And then I'm with you guys. I would be thinking, man, now it's Saturday. And now what we do then, we blame the Holy Spirit for our lack of preparation. I have a word wow. from God, and it's a word from God, meaning it's 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 a desperate moment, and it has to come. And mm -hmm. what we have what we have done in the assemblies of God is we have elevated the sudden gifts of the Holy Spirit to a higher level than the Holy Spirit being involved in process. And so, if there's a message in tongues and interpretation, we say, "Boy, that was great, church." Uh, sometimes a lot of people ask me, well, why don't you have more messages and tongues interpretation in your service? And my answer is usually, well, we don't stop it, but the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. knows what he wants to say. And if we're tuned into that, then through the gift of wisdom and the gift of word of knowledge, that can come out where he doesn't have to use that gift in order to say what he wants to say, because we've been listening to him. Mm. And the more... Wow. The more I am operating in those gifts of the Spirit, uh, the more comfortable I am that I'm sharing what He wants me to share. And we need to recognize all the gifts as being important to the body, not just the sudden verbal spoken gifts. And so mm -hmm. in, our, in our sense, I'm so prepared for Sunday that if something if something happens in worship, we, I mean, we have four services. We have, we have hour and 10 minute service. We got 20 minutes between. So I got to hit a time cue. 
or we're in deep, deep trouble. If something unexpected, the Lord interrupts in a service, I'm prepared enough that I, I tell the guys, you go with what the Lord shows you. In worship, mm -hmm. if the Lord's doing something, chase it, and I will adjust. But I'm prepared enough that adjusting is not hard for me. It's just a matter of looking, and I know where I can adjust and where I can find the time, and we can still do that. So it is a continual tension, and it's probably, you know, probably it's the thing I get the most criticized for is that I plan too far ahead, which is awesome to me because you would, <laughs> you would never criticize your architect for planning too far ahead. Right. You would never right, criticize right. your builder for planning too far ahead. Oh, I've seen the calendar for missions. You guys plan your itineration three and a half years. Ahead. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if you just suddenly, I think I'm going to go on itineration today. Right. <laughs> right. Well, of course not. So I, I think, I think the Lord works through all the processes and I'm yeah. open. Yeah. I'm open to the fact that he opened the possibility that he could speak at any point in that process. Awesome. I love I love one of the one of the takeaways that's standing out to me right now is even when we feel like, gosh, all my plans were thrown out the door, I prepared, you know, I, I had my whole year planned out. And my plans were not necessarily just for Tana. In fact, I had trips planned to the Solomon Islands. I had trips planned to other countries where I had different ministry opportunities and stuff. And my, this one encouraging thing that I hear you saying is all this preparation that I, even though I feel like it's not applicable to where I'm at right now, God's got a plan for it and God's going to use it. But it also makes me think about one thing that I heard you say in your, in, in your I leadership podcast, I lead podcast. You said the price you pay is more important than the abilities that you have. And I, I see that reflected in your preparation. Is that how you look at that? Is that is that preparation one of the price you pay, or is that now that's just kind of second nature? It's it's second nature to me now, but it is the price. Uh, you know, hey guys, let's let's acknowledge the reality. I some people are five talent people, some people are three talent people. I'm a no talent person. And so I've, I don't have like this. I would love to have this phenomenal gift or talent. I, I mean, sign me up. That would be awesome to have. I don't. Now let me, let me, let me, let me slow you down here. Most people, most people listening to this pastor would say, that's just someone trying to be incredibly humble. I mean, we're talking about someone who's got several published books. We're talking about someone who pastors an incredibly growing, thriving church, uh, top of the missions giving. I mean, we're talking about all these things that people would look at and say, this guy's got it all together. Can you talk about that a little bit more? I defy you to tell me what my talent is. That's awesome. Hmm. I was a kid's pastor and I, I tried to, I knew every kid's pastor had to have a talent. You had to have something. I tried ventriloquism. I was awesome at it, except my lips move. <laughs> I, I tried magic. It was a bomb. My first trick, I handcuffed my hands behind my back, and I was telling the kids, sin may have you bound, Jesus will set you free. And then I tried to set myself free. I couldn't. And I finally had to tell them. I finally told the kids, sometimes kids, when sin has you bound, you need someone else to help you be free. And so, oh, man, that was a good pivot. That was a really good yeah. pivot. So I don't have, I've always wanted to have, I don't have this amazing singing voice. Uh, what I have is a willingness to work hard and a yeah. willingness to pay the price. I, I will pay the price to have great people in my life. I, I will pay the price um, to, to be a good communicator, but no, I don't have any natural talents. I was the shy introvert, uh, messed up hair, thick glasses, read a book a day. Now that's a recipe for, abject humiliation in school. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, and, and it's okay. I, I used to try to fake, like I had some great ability. I wanted to impress people. I, I've, I've given that up because at the end of impressing people, you still feel empty. 
I'll, I'll work hard. I'll outwork you mm. Mm. and I'll out prepare you. Um, but mm-hmm. raw talent, nah, it, it'd be awesome. And I've, here's what I've learned, Sam. Over the years, I've learned that when you have a lot of talent, it's really easy to rely on that talent. Yeah. Because you can talent your way out of a crisis. You can talent, mm. you can you can fake it and not prepare. Because you know you've got enough talent. You can move that crowd. You can do your thing. Well, I don't have a thing I can do. Mm. So it forces right. it forces me into a place of reliance on the Lord. So what you're saying is talent may open the door, but paying the price will keep you there. Talent will open the door, and and talent will keep you there for a season. That's a that's mm. a challenge. That's a challenge. I think for for us when we're if you, if you do feel like you you you're carrying something, I think you're you're hit on something really important. Is that it? It's easy to depend on the wrong thing, um, and we can lean on different things. And and when we find that we have a God given talent, it's easy to lean on that thing and depend on it. But but like you're saying, what what is going to sustain us through everything? And I think I think eventually, even if you have a gifting uh, and you lean on it and don't do the preparation. Um, cracks begin to appear at the surface and things start to show through. I think eventually, um, like you're saying, even just it may sustain you for a season, but you, you'll find that the cracks get wider and wider. And eventually when your talent runs out, what's going to be left is, is what was underneath and when, and how much time did you spend preparing for, for things? And, and so I want to ask you in, in relation to that, because I think a lot of our guys, and, and we definitely want to see those magic tricks later. Um, so if you could maybe make a video <laughs> or something, uh, I think I think our guys are probably looking for some extra uh, <laughs> things to do in, in quarantine. <laughs> but uh, um, if you if you could touch maybe on because your level of preparation is is a lot greater now than when it started. So I know that there's guys out there that are have not been living in this uh, are using sort of this uh, uh, approach that you that you've got um, and they're flying by the seat of their pants every single week, you know, and and like you said, sometimes we we do that and we label it more spiritual, right? Because we we have said that that, well, I, I'm I'm fully open to what the Holy Spirit's doing. And we we sort of like we we uh, criticize almost preparation or we look down on preparation as, as something that is uh, less than because it's not in the moment and, and not as holy and spiritual as, as uh, uh, just flying by the seat of our pants. But how did you sort of ramp up from, you know, in the early stages of ministry where you had a lot less on your plate? What did this practically look like for you? Um, how did you get to the point? In other words, maybe it doesn't start out as looking, you know, uh, in, in April, looking at what's going to happen next year. Um, maybe it didn't start out like that for you. Maybe it started looking ahead two weeks or three weeks or, or, uh, what did that look like for you sort of in, in the beginning stages of the Genesis stages early on for me, uh, the creative team wanted to add elements and, uh, they said, you know, we can't add elements if we only get the message two weeks in advance. It's, we're not going to add great stuff. The only way we're going to be able to build around this is if we get it, if we get it sooner, because we write original songs and we, you know, come up with crazy ideas for videos and all this stuff. And so to get there, I took a week away where all I did was write. At that point, I took two people with me that were good writers and all I did was write. First time I went all by myself. Second time I took two guys with me. And I wrote so I could get five weeks ahead. And then for the next five weeks, I wrote two messages a week. And then here's the thing. It's not any different. So I'm working on the message for December 27th. Next week, I'll work on the message for the first Sunday in January. I'm only working on one message a week. You only have to get ahead once. Mm. And then once you're ahead, 
It's just a matter of writing the same amount of messages as everybody else. Right. So you have this ramping up. You have a lot sort of at the beginning, but then you find that things start to, once you get the wheels moving, it's a little bit easier. Things get to, to kind of coasting along, right? Yeah, much easier. And so I write and then I submit it to a creative team and they review and they give ideas and suggestions, what works, what doesn't work. Here's what we think we can add. Here's, here's where we think you missed it. Here's where we think you can say this better. I go back, I rewrite, I resubmit. They add the creative touches. That becomes the almost final product. And that usually, that almost final product is settled seven or eight weeks out. And then it's just, then it's just refining it as we go to it. So you only have to get ahead once to stay ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, you know, you, you hear these people make these incredible goals of all this big, broad, sweeping, I'm going to do this. You just got to start with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to start somewhere. Right. That's, that's really good. And I think we can, we can take that and, and it looks different a little bit in our context, but we can take it. Uh, and to me, what, what I, I feel from that is, is that you set aside time to prepare. You set aside time. In other words, it wasn't like, how do I fit in preparation into everything else that I'm doing? But it was that you, 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 took time and you said preparation is so important that I need to, I need to make a hole in my schedule to solely focus on that for a a, a time, whether it be a week or even just going away for two, three days. Um, um, And so that I feel like is, is a huge part of it. Don't you think? Yeah. And I don't think that's, is it different for missionaries? Yeah. But I can give you some examples right now. The missionaries that say, well, I don't have time to write great newsletters. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. You prioritize right. something else over doing that. Mm. And so you should be every day. If something happens to me, it goes into my life file. And so I have hundreds of stories in my life file and some that are 10 years old. I've never used, but one day I might use them. So you should be yeah. every day just adding, okay, here's something that I can do in that next newsletter. By the time you get to it, it's written itself because you've done that. Your your itineration message, when you have three years to come up with an itineration, there is no excuse for it not being absolutely stunning with incredible mm-hmm. stories that just cause people to rejoice and to be convicted. and. I mean, you got three years. And so I'll have guys when they come home for itineration, ask for help in writing their message. And I'm thinking, what you been doing the last three years? Right. I mean, you knew this was coming. So why wasn't this simmering in your spirit? And why isn't this already great? You had time. You just wanted to do something else. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, You said a, a, a phrase there. You knew this was coming. How many things do we sort of discard as I couldn't have prepared for this, but in reality, we knew they were coming? Many, many things. And it's it's just looking out on the horizon. We get overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed when we don't work ahead. And when all of a sudden all those things are pressing on us at once. Well, if I know it's coming, I can just kind of bump it along and be ready for it. And that keeps me from getting overwhelmed. That keeps me from being anxious. I'm I'm working ahead and preparing ahead. Every message would be better with more time put in it. There's never been a message preached that couldn't take another hour to make it better. Yeah, that's that's really that's really great, Pastor. And and uh, it looks like we've we've lost uh, Sam here. Sam's connection has broken, which is the first time actually that it's happened. I think in the middle of a podcast. But so hopefully Sam can jump back in uh, at any moment here. But um, as we talk about this, this topic of, of sort of self-leadership and, and, um, it, it's a growth track, right? Because you're, you're on a, you're on a level where most guys are like looking at that and going, well, that's, that's so far above where I'm at right now today. And I think what I hear you talking about is even in, in talking about, you know, prepping for itineration or prepping for, uh, newsletters, is um, start small, right? 
start small and, and ramp up to something larger. Yeah, when I talk when I talk and teach about self leadership, um, I teach that self leadership you make you make key decisions in advance. So when someone complains, I will. When I'm tempted to look at pornography, I will. When I don't feel like working out, I will. When I don't feel like mm-hmm. filling out the forms, I will. You make those decisions in advance. Because if you wait until the pressure of the moment, you don't make good decisions. Under pressure, everyone reverts to type, to your default nature. Mm -hmm. So you make the decisions in advance. And then self-leadership is simply about managing the decisions you've already made. Mm. You already made those decisions. Now you have to put that decision into action. And so if you break it into those two pieces, self-leadership is much easier. Okay, I'm going to make these decisions. Now I have to manage those decisions. And if you if you made the right decisions, then the managing of those becomes just a constant. That's just discipline. You know, Paul talks about the battle in our minds and our thinking processes, our decision making is not only a spiritual exercise, but an act of our will. We take captive every thought. So we take it captive to make it obedient to Christ. So you're just managing the decision you've already made. It's not an easy or fun answer when we hear the word discipline, I think, but in reality, that's what it takes um, is, is making the right choice in the moment that you have. And then making that, making all your effort towards making that choice again and again and again and again and choosing to do the right thing in the the smallest moment. Yeah, and I I don't guess I've ever heard somebody teach this, but I've learned this. Mm-hmm. Uh, discipline in one thing, discipline in one area helps form discipline in other areas. So yeah, pick, mm-hmm. pick one area and form a discipline, and then that that will help you develop discipline in others. It's when people make this whole list of everything they're going to do. If you don't feel like you live a self-disciplined life, do one thing. So, man, let, mm. let me tell you the one thing I got down in the mornings, I'm on the treadmill. Mm. You can just count on it. If, if Unless it's Sunday morning, I'm on the treadmill. And so that, that, that discipline then helps me develop other disciplines. You get a win in one area. It's when people make all the list of all the New Year's resolutions. Do one right. thing consistent, and then if you can do one thing consistent, then that you're developing a pattern of thinking that helps you do something else consistent. Hey, and we have good we have good news, Jonathan, because by the sound of chickens in the background, that lets me know that Sam Sam is back with us now on the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. I was frantically running around outside trying to find the source of the power cut, but it it was just our power supply. So. Uh, sometimes it's other reasons, but yeah, I'm glad to be back. I thought, and- I, I thought that once again, the villagers arms had gotten tired and of holding the wires <laughs> together and they had just, you know, you needed to go out there and water them down and, and, and pray for them. And there, there, <laughs> or maybe there, your children are out there. Is, it, is, it, is Liam out there holding two wires together? <laughs> With his teeth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. <laughs> It stunted his growth a little bit, but no, Pastor, <laughs> I, I, I jumped in right at something that I find incredibly encouraging and exciting. Uh, you were talking about just find one thing that you can be disciplined in, and d- discipline begets discipline is what you're saying. Uh, and, yeah, so it's contagious, right? Yeah. Is that yeah, what you're it saying? Is. It is. And, and, and Pastor, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe this is not the right word choice, but do you think living a, or self-leadership becomes easier as you get in those habits? Do you think that that as those habits start to develop and you start to win, it becomes easier? I, I You know, I don't know if it ever becomes easier. It's just mm. the habits you have to develop change. And at okay. least you have learned the way to develop a habit. That's good. And, mm. you know, again, Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, is incredible in terms of learning how to form habits and what habits do for you. But when you learn how to form a habit, it does give you a map, if you will, for forming Mm. the next habit. I I think the process of growth is that it always gets harder. 
I mean, did, did that come naturally for you? Like, like when you started out, were you always a disciplined person? Um, or was that something that you felt like you had to learn? I, you know, I'm, I'm fairly OCD. So mm-hmm. when you have, when you're a little compulsive, discipline's easier. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm, if I'm going to start running, I'm not just going to run. I'm going to run every day and do a marathon. I mean, I'm, I'm going to just be right. all out going to do the whole thing. But right. it's the daily disciplines are still still require active thought and planning. That doesn't come natural. I I would like to be mm. a better man of prayer than I am. I'm disappointed even in COVID. As I this morning, as I was reflecting, I thought man, I could have spent so much more time in prayer this year and I would be in such a better place if I had. And so I'm, I'm disappointed. Mm. I'm disappointed with the amount of time I spend in prayer. So I'm, I'm so disciplined to be on the treadmill and I'm Mm. so disciplined to write sermons, get ahead. And then I look back and think, Oh man, if I could just put that same kind of discipline in my prayer life. Mm Hmm. So I think there's always a challenge. Do you, do you always have that kind of internal dialogue happening of, yeah, I've got this under control, but this, there's this thing, or there's this other thing that I've got to get better in. I've got to get better in. I am very introspective and always evaluating myself. I'm always working on something always. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as I've become as I become more settled in who I am and less as I as impressing you is no longer my primary drive, I have become more open and transparent about what I'm working on and where I struggle. I, I used to, there's no way I would let you know a weakness because my goal was to my goal was to impress you. And mm. now now I'm just much more open and transparent about my struggles, where I'm good, where I'm not, and knowing that. Because, it, I mean, give me a break. People know that anyway. And in yeah. the, what did Paul say? In our weaknesses, he is made strong. And I think you could make the case it's in the confession of our weaknesses he is made strong. The weakness that I won't confess, acknowledge, or give to him, I don't allow him to be strong. It's in the admission and the confession and the releasing of that weakness that I allow the Lord's strength to be involved. So I've just, I, you know, I've just become more comfortable talking about my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And that some people could see that as false humility. I see it as. I have more opportunities to grow and more opportunities to gain his strength. Mm, that's good. That is good. What, really what, good. what would you say to guys that um, maybe there's there's a habit or something that's a bad habit that they're struggling with, and maybe they have victory over it for a certain period of time, and they feel like, yes, I, I'm, I'm going good, and then all of a sudden they mess up again, and they feel like, well, that's just negated everything that's happened. That's negated all that discipline, and I'm, you know, my relationship with God is... 50 steps back now. Well, wouldn't it be awesome if if relationship with the Lord was a straight line linear journey that you started mm-hmm. at zero and then you just went up the straight line and 100 was heaven. And the day before you walked into heaven, you were fully sanctified and everything was perfect. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. there's not a relationship with your life, including your relationship with the Lord, that is a straight line linear journey. It looks more like zigzag roller coasters. And and I look at it and say, so there is a natural up and down in any relationship. Are my lows higher than they were before? If I if I look mm. at that whole chart, is the general trajectory of my relationship with him upwards? Now, if I just look at Wednesday of this week and I compare it to Tuesday, I'm in big trouble. But yeah, if I yeah. compare it to where I was, uh, I'm not yeah. I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not what I was. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so, yeah, the, are there 
setbacks and failures in the journey. Yeah, just like there are setbacks and failures in every friendship relationship, every marriage relationship, there is no relationship that's a direct linear progression. But then somehow when it comes to God and our patterns of guilt and shame and everything else, we don't allow ourselves space and we just beat ourselves up if we have a day that isn't what it should be. Well, make tomorrow better. Mm. We are the the sum of our our averages almost in, in that sense of of like we're not judged by a moment, we're not judged by uh, our peaks or our valleys. But you're talking about um, spiritual growth or even personal growth uh, as as a trend. Like, where are we trending? Are, are we moving? Are we moving downward? And I think we know, don't we? I mean, as guys, we know we know which direction we're trending, even if we feel uh, particularly high or low yeah. about a moment or a day that we had in the week. We know if we're honest with, uh, with ourselves where we're trending. And so if you feel like you're you're trending and you look and you see that you're trending up, even if you have a, a bad moment, it's an encouragement to you because uh, because you can you can rebound, you can recover and say, you know, and say, God, well, at, at least I am, I, I've, I failed in that moment, but God, I'm, I'm committed to continuing this trend of, of, of myself. Right. Uh, that's, that's absolutely it. And so for instance, I'm, I'm an avid reader, but recently I looked and I thought, you know, I'm not, I am not reading the stuff that challenges me the way I need to be. I'm doing Here's I'm in currently working on my master's because I want to be an example of lifelong learning, and and I'm challenging our young team members to do it, so I'm doing it with them. Well, you know, every class requires 2,500 pages of reading, and so that has become my reading, and I've let that be my excuse for not reading stuff that challenges me. So until six weeks ago, I had never listened to an audio book in my life. Oh wow. And my friend, my friend challenged me, you can, you can convert your, your drive time and you can, you can listen. And so I picked three books that are probably not ones I'd, I'd move through quickly. And in the last six weeks, just in my 14 minute drive back and forth, I've listened to three books. And so I, I feel wow. so much, I feel so much better about the progress. And so that's just, that's going to become a new habit. If I'm driving, I'm going to listen to a book. And so you'd think at the age I am, I mean, I'm 54 years old. You'd think I'd have mastered that when I've read. I mean, I, I used to read a book a day. So you'd think I'd mastered that. Uh, it just, wow. mm-hmm. I'd, I'd allowed there be excuse not to be disciplined. Mm. And so it, it was time to add a new habit just to bump me off center. It's yeah. kind of an earmarker of of growth, though, too, that you sort of identify that in yourself. Like you talked you talked about being introspective, that you you're able to yeah. look inward and go, okay, here's the problem, um, and, and even that's a step of victory to to be able to step back and go, here's here's an issue in my life because I think yeah. we can also coast through w- and, and choose to ignore, um, or or just not even look inward. And we talked a lot about that on the podcast. Um, yeah, about we have having that that mechanism in, in your life um, to 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 not just coast through everything, but to to actually pause and examine yourself and look inward and identify uh, those issues or those areas that you want to work on, and then and then apply an action step. and And I love that. That's kind of what you did. You, you know, you should always be working on something. So I mm-hmm. I tell guys when it comes to communication, which is I mean that's how I make my living. I'm always working on something. And at any given moment, you should be able to say, hey, Rod, what are you working on as a communicator right now? And I, if I can't answer you off the top of my head, there's something wrong. I should always be working on something. So right now, wow. I, right now I'm working because I have not done a great job in teaching the visual learner because that's not my learning style. And mm. so, so very much 
I'm being challenged. My, my assistant, she is incredible at communicating to visual learners. She's a visual learner. So she's working with me. She's developing props and things I can use, way to represent things in a visual way to help people learn. And even though that doesn't feel natural to me, when I do it while I'm communicating, I'm learning how to do it. And I'm seeing mm -hmm. how it unlocks other aspects of the audience when I do it. So right now, that's awesome. That's what I'm working on. And I, I better always be working on something or atrophy happens. And when atrophy sets in, you're not growing. So mm -hmm. you should be able in a cadre of accountability, you should be able at any moment to ask each other, what are you working on? If there's not an answer, mm. they're going backwards. Wow. Wow. That's that's a powerful takeaway because one of the things that we talk about with the Legendary Podcast is to encourage these relationships, these accountability relationships. So guys, let's take that action step that Pastor Rod just talked about and ask that person that you're accountable to, what are you working on? And if you don't have an answer, come up with one, find one, start something new, move ahead, take that challenge. Pastor, that's that's a great challenge. Uh, that's that's good. I think that's something everybody can apply and have a takeaway from for sure. Yeah, spiritual atrophy. Um, and, and, I, and not that you're applying it just spiritually, but I think uh, across the spectrum of, of our life um, is, man, to me, that's the scariest thing I can imagine is to get stuck. Well, I'll give you one more challenge for everybody. Because I, I see how much this has infiltrated our ranks. One day I was with Jim Bradford and no one makes me feel valued like Jim Bradford. And I realized it's because he's fully present in the conversation. Wow. And how often in the middle of a conversation are you looking down at a text or just sideways at a text or checking something or even texting back? And what you're communicating to that person is, I don't know who this is on my phone, but who it might be is more important than you are. Wow. And, mm, and we have actually made it a skill. We have made multitasking a skill when what it really means is I'm not paying attention to what matters. And mm. so in, wow. in my personal life, that's what I'm working on, being fully present, being fully engaged. Now, you may only get half an hour with me. But when you get a half an hour with me, you're going to get half an hour with all of me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm going to give you my full attention. I'm going to give you everything I got. Now, I might not give you more than half an hour, but you're right. going to get all of that half an hour. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Wow. And I know, Pastor, uh, we've kept you a little longer today than we intended to, and I just want to tell you thank you. I thank you for being fully present with us today and all of our listeners. Yeah. We truly we value your time. We appreciate it. We know that you're sacrificing time with somebody else to, to give this to us, and we truly appreciate that. Uh, as we're wrapping up this time, uh, is there anything you'd like to say as a pastor who connects and interacts with a lot of missionaries? Is there anything you'd like to say as a word of encouragement or a word of even— even direction uh, to the missionaries uh, as we're as we're working on self leadership and as we're navigating these these interesting times right now. All right, let me give you a, a habit to develop. Okay, that's great. We we have for too long in our fellowship, we missions has been obligatory, and even missionaries is I'm a missionary. You're supposed to support me. I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to support this. And mm -hmm. there are very few missionaries we deal with who have mastered the art of the thank you. Mm. And I teach our team gifts are attracted to gratitude. Mm. We all have life deposits we can make and we can make them wherever we want to make them. Whether that's time or money or love or investment, whatever. And we choose where to place those based on gratitude. You'll get an initial gift or investment or time from somebody on obligation. You won't get the second one unless there's gratitude. And I, mm. I'm, I just finished a book, Leading with Gratitude, that's powerful, powerful book. It's not a Christian book, powerful book in terms of 
how gratitude can be leveraged by a leader and the art mm. of saying thank you to people. Say thank you creatively and well, and you'll never have trouble raising money and you'll never have trouble raising your support because there are very, very few missionaries who do it. Wow. And you will stand out. Well, that's a takeaway that challenge. Yeah. A challenge and a takeaway that I think we can all apply. And uh, now I think some of us have more time at home right now. Uh, That's not the case for, for myself just because of our situation where the country's locked down, but uh, it's just from lockdown from outside. We're COVID free still. So um, we've got a lot of movement able to happen within country, but this is a good time for all of us to, to step that habit up and to, and man, my mind's worrying right now. I mean, like the wheels are turning. I'm thinking about, uh, did I do a good thank you for this? Did I do a good thank you for that? You know, uh, but that's yeah. good. I appreciate that. Do you remember Wayne and Judy Cagle? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. it's That's what I'm saying. Gratitude doesn't have to be expensive. Wayne sent me years and years ago a handful of shells from the beach. Uh, and it just, it just, just a note. Rod, I was walking on the beach today, thinking of you. I picked up these shells. Thanks for partnership. Those shelled, those shells stayed on the shelf in my office for 13 years. Wow. And wow. every time I saw them, I thought of Wayne and Judy. Wow. That's awesome, well, man. That cost him nothing but the postage. Mm-hmm. But it made an impression on me. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Pastor, your book, um, is that out yet? When does that come out? Uh, Can you tell us that? You know, I've got a book out right now, Help, I'm in Charge. That's Mm -hmm. that's my latest. Um, Currently, the only way to get it is to get it from me. Yeah, I was going to ask I was going to ask about that because I see people reselling it on Amazon, but I don't see... Uh, I, and I want, I tried to find a Kindle version, uh, but there's no Kindle version available yet. It's kind of a story, but the publisher <laughs> decided not to carry it anymore. And so I uh, have copies, I have copies, you can get it from me and I need to get the digital copy back up. That's a book I made no money on. All the money went to Project Rescue. And so I'm, okay, I'm, happy, gotcha. I'm happy to promote that book because I didn't make a dime. Uh, but that's awesome. You can, you can get copies from me. It's a long way away for you to get it there, but you can. <laughs> okay. This just makes it more exclusive. That's um, right. So <laughs> it'll be, these, these copies will be uh, in 10 years. These copies will be selling on eBay for a thousand dollars. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and they, they come free with the, the scent of pastor Rod's office in them. So, you know, extra, right. He, he sprays every book with <laughs> cologne and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. His essence of, of leadership cologne that he's got. <laughs> <laughs> Master, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. And I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Um, and uh, please tell Cindy that we appreciate her allowing you to spend this time with us in the evening. And we don't take it lightly. Oh, thank you. Let me pray for you guys and for everybody. Thanks so much. Yeah, we would love that. And if you'll permit me to, I will pray my favorite prayer from scripture. Absolutely. For this reason, I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted, established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and forever. Amen. 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 Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you what so a blessing. much. What a blessing. Yeah, thank, thank you so much, Pastor Rod. We, we really appreciate it. I think this is uh, 
even just personally speaking, I think this has been um, super uh, insightful and, and helpful and, and even affirming of my own like process uh, to hear your process. And so um, it, it's been awesome. Guys, I, I, I hope this has been uh, a, an incredible encouragement to you. And uh, as we grow, as we uh, strive towards being legendary because God is legendary and uh, and God is working in your context, we pray that this has been uh, a helpful message for you and has given you some really, uh, not just encouragement, but some actual action steps that you can take in your context, whether it be preparation or, uh, or, or war- dealing with the tension that you feel in, in preparation as a leader, um, to, to uh, just challenging you in some of the ways that Pastor Rod has. Uh, we pray that it has done that. And so, uh, guys, as always, we, we leave you uh, with a challenge to be legendary in your context. Be legendary. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Sam, Pastor Rod, it's been great, man. Thanks so much. Blessings. Well,